Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We are located in Collinsville, Virginia. We are glad you joined us today. If you head over to our webpage, you can find more ways to serve, more sermons like this, as well as opportunities to support this ministry through giving. We pray God's blessing on the hearing and the doing of God's Word. Amen. that you would illumine our hearts and our minds as we come before you this day to hear your word proclaimed in our midst. We ask God that we would be attentive to the way in which you still speak to us today. Come Holy Spirit, fill these words anew for us. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Friends, I'm going to invite you to stand as you are able in honor of hearing God's word in our midst. We pick up where we left off last week. Jesus has came into Jerusalem and then has left to go back to a place called Bethany. Verse 12, Monday. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Then he came to Jerusalem. And he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him. For they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. Friends, this is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock. And our Redeemer. Place the cross before me, allow none to see me but you and your grace alone. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, I want to welcome you to our second Sunday 
But today we don't celebrate Sunday. We did that last week. Today we celebrate Monday. In our sermon series, the last week of Jesus' life on earth. Before we jump into this episode, let's just do a, a little tiny recap of where we were and where we left off last week. We left off last week with a, with a great political showdown. Here comes Jesus from the west, and here comes Pilate from the east. Two kingdoms diverge on one city. And we ask the question, which parade are you attending? Parade of Pilate, representing the kingdom of man, of power, of might? Or do we represent those with Jesus in the kingdom of God? It says that when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, he goes into the temple, he looks around a little bit, and then he leaves and goes back home for the night into a place called Bethany. And that's where we pick up with our story today. As we prepare to kind of hear Jesus coming into Bethany, we find that Jesus is hungry and he's craving something to eat. It reminds me a lot of a story. When I was at Duke, my friend and I, we would always go to this place called Bull City Burgers. We loved it. It was, it was a burger for the ages. It was a place that you could go to, and this place would, would have only grass-fed beef, and it was only a, uh, beef that was non-antibiotic, and it was, it was farm-to-table. And I remember going there, and I could care less for a tomato, but my friend, he would ask, even in December... I'll take my burger with lettuce, onions, and tomatoes. And the server said to him, I'm sorry, sir. Tomatoes are not in our season right now. We don't have them to give to you. And you can see his face drop because he really wanted a tomato. Today we follow Jesus from Bethany to Jerusalem, and, and Jesus is hungry along the way, and he sees this, this fig tree here, and he says, well, it has some leaves on it, so maybe there might be some fruit, and he goes to the tree, and he finds that no fruit is there, and Jesus has a temper tantrum. He says, I know that it's only, in their time, the, the month is Nisan, it was March or April, he says, I, Mark tells us that Jesus should have known that it wasn't the time for figs. But Jesus, he can't deal with it. Cursed be you, shall no one ever eat from you again, he says. Jesus has a temper tantrum because he wants a fig, but there's no fruit to be found. At least that's the way that we've originally heard this story told. We read it as an historical event. Jesus is hungry. He wants a fig. It's not there. So Jesus has this temper tantrum. He curses the fig tree, and he goes and finds food elsewhere. But friends, I want to argue that Jesus knows that there shouldn't be any figs there. Jesus begins his journey into the temple, symbolically allowing all of us to know that Jesus is coming down from Bethany into the city of God, and what he's going to find there 
It is a place that lacks fruit. It is a place where the fruit of God is not manifest. You see, there's a reason for Mark that he connects as two bookends. We'll pick up the rest of the bookend and next time we gather together. But there's a reason for Mark that he connects as two bookends. Jesus in the fig tree. Jesus turning the tables. And Jesus and Peter leaving Jerusalem. And Peter asking Jesus, is not that tree that's now withered up the one you just cursed? You see, the traditional way that we have encountered this text is that we look at it in two ways. The first is that Jesus is just hungry and he curses the tree because he doesn't get what he wants. And the second is that Jesus is cleansing the temple. He's making the temple holy again. That he's trying to drive out the money changers and those that sell doves. But friends... I don't think that's what Jesus is doing. I think that that's actually a little too easy for Jesus. That's, that's too easy of something to, to draw to. You see, Jesus is not cleansing the temple. But Jesus wants us to realize that the fig tree and the story of the temple represent one and the same. When Jesus comes to both, he finds no fruit. So let's dive in just a little bit to the background of the story to figure out if Jesus isn't cleansing the temple, then what on earth is Jesus doing? My argument is that Jesus is standing with the prophets of old. We talked about a little bit in our sermon series uh, last week how the Israelites had spent a tremendous amount of time in bondage and, and living under the foreign powers of other. We talked about this great city called Babylon and how that city came in and they conquered these little people called Israel. Today we start understanding what Jesus is doing in the temple by understanding what God called Jeremiah, the prophet, to do. In Jerusalem 600 years earlier. Jeremiah was a prophet of the southern kingdom. He was standing there in Jerusalem. When God tells him. Jeremiah I want you to stand in front of the temple. And what I want you to do in, in solidarity. And in your prophetic witness is. When you stand in front of that temple. I want you to confront everyone who walks in to worship. Now the question is, what are you supposed to say? When you come into worship, I usually say, hi, how are you doing? Right? Hope your week's going well. Jeremiah is called to say something totally different. Jeremiah is to stand outside of the temple and to say to them, you are condemned. Because of your false sense of security. You see in Jeremiah 7 the people would shout. This is the Lord's temple. This is the Lord's temple. The temple of the Lord. They would gather into the worshiping space. Taking for granted. 
that God's presence would equal for them security of both their city and also their own personal security as well. They thought, God's on our side. No one could ever be against us. We can do what we want. And God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, stand outside of the temple. Condemn all those who walk in. Ask them this. Do you think that all God wants is just your regular attendance and worship at the temple rather than practicing justice in your land? Imagine being asked that as you walk into a sanctuary. Friends, as you gather here today, do you really think all God wants is for you to be present and worship? Do you think that makes God happy? You see, Jeremiah 7 says this. This is the accusation that is placed before him. It says, for if you truly amend your ways and your doings, if you truly act justly with one another, if you do not oppress the alien, if you don't oppress the orphan, if you care for the widow, if you shed, if you, or shed innocent blood in this place, if you do not go after other gods to your own hurt, then I will dwell with you in this place, in the land that I gave to your ancestors of old. But has this house, in fact, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? You know that I am watching, says the Lord. Jeremiah is called by God before the Babylonians come to destroy the temple. To ask them, do you really think that all God wants you to do is just be here? What Jeremiah reminds the people is this. What you do every day, what you practice, and if you practice injustice, then you are a robber of God's grace. You see, when the people would practice every single day injustice, what they found themselves doing was they found themselves coming to the temple and they would call it their sanctuary, their safe house, their den, their hideaway, their place of security. The temple is not the place where robbery occurs. It's become the place where the robbers hang out. You see, in the church, we have this way of talking about these things. We call it orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Orthodoxy, right belief. Orthopraxy, right practice. God is telling Jeremiah, I require both. I don't care that you believe the right things if you go out and do the wrong things. Micah 6.8 says this. With what shall I come before the Lord? I bow myself before God on high. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, 
with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams and ten thousand of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? Micah is asking, with what shall I come before the Lord? Shall I come before the Lord with worship? And Micah answers the question, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. Don't just come before the Lord in worship, but what does the Lord actually require of you? He requires you to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. You see, the people in Israel during the time of Jeremiah have traded this notion that a God desires orthodoxy and orthopraxy, right practice and right belief by saying all we need to do is worship and all is well. Jeremiah goes on to tell them what their punishment will be. He says, go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did for the wickedness of my people in Israel. And now, because you have done all these things, says the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently and you did not listen, and when I called you and you did not answer, therefore I will do to this house that is called by my name, in which you trust, and to the place that I gave you and to your ancestors, just what I did in Shiloh. Now the question is, what did he do in Shiloh? Friends, the the threat is clear. If God's place and God's temple is used for a place where worship is substituted from justice, God will destroy the temple. Since it has become a safe haven for robbers and perpetrators of injustice in the world. He asked the question, what did I do in Shiloh? If you want to know what I did in Shiloh, Shiloh was the capital of Israel before Jerusalem. It was the place where the Ark of the Covenant dwelled. But the people substituted justice for simply worship. And the city was destroyed. What we know from history is that when the Babylonians come in, they don't just hang out in Jerusalem. They destroy the house of God. Friends, this is a tough message from the prophet Jeremiah. And the people know that. And in chapter 26 of Jeremiah, the authorities and the people of the day rise up against him. And they declare this message. Jeremiah deserves the sentence of death. Because he has prophesied against this city. And you have heard it with your own ears. He has prophesied against this city. And what does he deserve? He deserves death. Unlike Jesus' own case, eventually the authorities stand up and say about Jeremiah, he does not deserve to die, for he has spoken to us on behalf of God. That's the story of Jeremiah. 
Now let's fast forward to what Jesus is doing. You see, Jesus enters into Jerusalem to come into the temple of God. Now oftentimes when we think about this story, what do we emphasize? We emphasize the money changers. We emphasize those that are selling the doves. But friends, this is the wrong place of emphasis. You see, these money changers and these sellings of doves are crucial, absolutely crucial for the temple to operate. These are actually commands found in Scripture, that there would be money changers, that there would be people selling doves. Why? Because people are coming from all different lands. They need to bring their currency so that they can get it exchanged, so that they can give offerings that would be acceptable. They need the money changers. People were coming from far away to offer sacrifices for their families. And they needed to make sure that the doves were the right doves. So Jerusalem became a center in which people would buy these doves and, and they would use these doves as sacrifice. These are not bad things that are happening. In fact, they are of Necessity. So perhaps the emphasis shouldn't be on Jesus flipping the tables because somehow we think that the temple has turned into a bank. That's not the case at all. You see, when Jesus turns over the tables, he's not cleansing it. He's doing something much more extreme. Friends, when Jesus flips the tables, he's stopping daily operation. Friends, just like Jeremiah spoke to the Israelites in Jerusalem 600 years earlier, once again, Jesus stands with the prophets and declares that God's house will not be a safe haven for those who practice injustice. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Ju justice over attendance. You see, so when Jesus comes into the temple, he's not saying, stop making this place look like a bank. What he's saying is, he's coming to all the people and he's saying, get out of here, all of you. Get out. I don't want your worship if you're not going to practice justice. I don't want you to be in this house if you're not going to care for the alien. I don't want you to be in this house if you're not going to feed the sick, the poor. I don't want you in this house if you're not going to clothe the naked. I don't want you in this house. Today, it shuts down. It's over. The temple is closed. If you think all that I want is for you to sit in the pews, Jesus says, then leave. And at that very moment, 
Because just as hard as it is for us to hear it right now, it was hard for them to hear it. And unlike Jeremiah, no one stood up when someone said, this man has to die. Friends, we do not come to this place to just be present for one hour. Jesus has shown up and he says, if you think that's what church is, go home. There's something else for you to do. There's a sports game for you to watch. You can go home and you can get your grocery shopping done because the lines are much lower. Go home. The temple is shut down. The church is over. If that's what you think that it is, go home. That's why it's a hard word. That's why the fig tree is cursed. Because Jesus walks into our temple and he demands there to be fruit. And when he finds none, he asks everyone the question, why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your time? On Monday, Jesus comes into the temple and he says to everyone, God doesn't desire your worship if you're not going to balance it with justice in the world. God doesn't desire your worship if you're not going to put into practice what you hear. He tells the people on Monday, the temple or the church is closed. Amen. Mm -hmm.